Thank you for listening to OTR Off The Rip. It's your boy Dijon back at it with another one. Uh, like, click, follow, subscribe. Um, do all that good stuff. And then, you know, always as an update, sorry for the wait. This was kind of unexpected. I've been trying to uh, study for an exam, so I haven't been consistent. So I'm going to make it up to you guys. Uh, I'm going to definitely drop, like I said, by the time I drop this one, I think I got two in production. Um, I got one where I went back to Cali and I had kicked it with my boys back at Acosta. So I'm going to drop that one. And then just one where I was kind of venting. Uh, today, I don't know what to call this one. But let's, like I said, let's just kind of get into it. So, you know, I always like to give you guys background on how this one came about. So, a couple weeks ago, um, it's me, this Mason dude from Austin. Shout out to ATX. I'm saying Austin, baby. Uh, and a dude from Ecuador. And we were talking about, like, image and kind of like, let me see how he put this. Because we were, we were looking at the way we were dressing. We were saying that, like, you know how sometimes like, we, like, you know, we work at a, at a body shop. So clothes kind of get messed up, and they we were just talking about how like uh, me and the Mexican dude got children, so we was like you know you can't allow your you know children to go out the house looking a certain way, and then how I feel is that, and this is something that my mom kind of ingrained in me. She was like, you should never go out the house better dressed than your child, and then that conversation led into how you know especially like well both we say Mexican Americans and then. Like, especially ones really, like, like the kids born here and, like, black people, how we do this thing where, you know, kind of faking the funk, like, having an image of as, like, we dress as if we have funds that we don't. So, within doing that, it led to me kind of, like, just going to this whole spill and to kind of, like, the history of black people, right? So, you could kind of take this conversation, extend this from bulls, and then we're going to go forward. So... This is the first time I had this conversation because due to, the, I guess, maybe the way I articulate, you know, like I said, I've been asked to speak at UT on, on, like to a foreign class on black culture um, and then just working with different groups, you know, like they always have questions. So trying to explain the history to them and then fast forward to modern day, sometimes like it kind of helps because I feel like having this kind of communication, uh, especially among different ethnic groups, is vital to us having a better understanding and maybe us moving forward, right? So, for this episode, that's technically what I'm going to do, right? But I feel like all people could use this. And again, I'm no, what is it, like, I'm not an official person, maybe to just take this history, right? But I'm going to give you an account, just to be on clear, I do actually have a background in African American studies, and that's my minor, um, but we just kind of go, like I said, we're going to go backwards to go forward. Cause I also had this conversation, matter of fact, with, uh, some dudes from Africa. Right. And I feel like now it is kind of vital. We do need to start having this, like open this up. Right. And then, so let's, let's get into it. Right. So African American story. America being one of the, and this is this is a word from the African dude, America is one of the best places and worst places at the same time. Because it's a land of opportunity on one end. And then at the same time, these opportunities are technically held, right? We can look at through, through 
racism. Let's be like point blank, period. So, if we look at it, now, I don't know all the ages of everybody who's listening to this, but if you've taken American history, or no, no, it was a world history. Right? I remember being in world history, and they pretty much, they would glance over Africa, and then we really kind of started in Asia for some reason, right? Like, you start in Asian history, and then you will progress. You might speak on Europe, and then you land in the Americas, and then you kind of just talk about cultures, right? The odd thing about that is that if, like, so they skip over us in that, and then even if we go to, like, Black History Month, the first thing that they want to jump on is that we came from Africa as slaves, right? Really prisoners of war. Okay, that's how they started. They don't ever speak on Africa within itself. Then you look at it, and they show, like, the images that we do get. We got the cannibal image. The ones walking around, bones in their nose, and then you see like the feed the children. You got the African baby, extended belly, fly on his face. Nobody's helping him clear it up, right? For a dollar a day, you can feed. I don't even want to make no clicking noises because I feel like that's disrespectful right now, right? But everybody's seen those images. I've witnessed at a, I forgot what the event was called, right? It was at an event where they were talking about the, I want to say ancient African culture and just kind of how like if you get past the racist thing you could see like the, the cultural connections between what started out there and how they spread and in the, in the crowd they said this dude was like a troll like this is before trolling was a popular term but they said this guy shows up at those kind of events and that's what you say he was like if that's like if Africa had all these different things how did they get conquered by the white people and stuff like that and he said if they were barbaric and liking culture liking this that and the third all right, and that's something that's constantly constantly gets thrown into the face of African Americans, or at least they used to. So, if we look at culture, if we look at intelligence, if we look at just different things, right? Like again, let's just say to to define culture, some of the things that you could look at is language, practices, food, and tools. Right, so even if we like, cause you know, I, I understand the the logic of like, especially like when black people like, man, we came from kings and queens, but to me, more important, we came from people who had science, people who had art, people who had all these different things. So, Africans had ancient African had tools. Ancient African had culture. They had societies and they had things stepped up. They had a language. The language may not it's hard to understand now, and then. The funny thing is, for people to be so barbaric without lacking culture, it's funny that you find that these artifacts are in European museums or museums spread everywhere but where they need to be. It's funny that people, even to this day, right, people hold some of the same systemic racism thoughts that have been around for so long. So, to start moving forward, if you go look at, right, when people came and they started writing, or even what most people know about ancient culture, it came, I think, if I'm not mistaken, from the Greeks. Now, what the Greeks did was what they were supposed to do. They went over there, learned the culture, learned the language, and then translated it into their languages. Case in point, if you ever heard of Osiris, Isis, and Haru, the original names, Asur, Aset, and 
or maybe a rule on that one. I'm trying to think of, or they call him Osiris. Oh, or Osiris, Isis, and 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 Horus is Asura, Set, and Heru, right? All right. You got different names that have been translated through time and then regurgitated back to us in their terms. So when people say, "Oh, this, that, and the third, what they're doing is getting a secondhand account for it and translated. That's what the Greeks did. They remember, they are studiers, bro. They were students of life and everything. So we get this secondhand thing, and then what modern-day historians throughout time have done is try to translate that and make sense out of it from their perspective of that time. So even when you go back and, like, the History Channel will tell you, if you really watch it, like, because I like to watch some of the stuff that they say. If you go back and they listen, they'll admit that what archaeologists, anthropologists, and men of science have constantly done throughout the years have discredited Africans of darker skin tone and said that, oh, it had to come from some lighters, like whether it be European or Asian or something like that. They gave credit to them because they could not, for the life of them, give credit to somebody of darker hue who had African features or anything like that. So remember, this is the foundation, bro, of modern day science of, let's just keep it there, of modern day science, right? Because I don't want to go too deep and start losing people. Alright, so that's just kind of the brief of what's going on, and now they're being translated. So then, you do have these people, which is us. We come over here, or get, like I said, we get taken over here against our will, right? Prisoners of war. And for centuries, get treated less than human. Get deprived of our own cultural experience, right? We have to hold on to what we can hold on. Uh, we get rewarded for disunity and not being a community. We get rewarded for being a turncoat. We get denied human existence, right? Because some I know I'm trying to figure out the words, like the kind of phrases. But we get denied everything. We get denied just the right to be human. Next thing you know, because one thing that's kind of often overlooked and undervalued is that I know that, like, and I've seen this where if you look at how it's portrayed, it's almost as if the South just comes along and the people in the North just comes along and they go, oh, shit, man, what we're doing ain't right. And they just start to fight for us. But they kind of downplay our resistance. They'll, like, tell you about Nat Turner. They'll tell you about John Brown. Um, different things like that. But from the beginning, we resisted, right? So we never, nobody ever wanted to be a captive, right? The only people that wanted to be captive after a while is the people who got been broken down. Think about that, right? Learn hopelessness. People don't understand that you could pass down trauma genetically. Go look it up. You could pass down trauma genetically, right? So you got, those are the only people that are cool with their position. You got people who take those symbols of freedom and run with it. As long as they don't get treated like whoever's in that field or whoever's getting them lashes and them beatings and stuff like that, they are okay with it. But let's go. So we have these group of people. And then they, like I said, when you look at the Emancipation Proclamation, that is more to do with economics than it is to do with just moral suasion or what's right for the simple fact that if you go look at some of Abraham Lincoln's speeches, you will hear him say that he did not want to test the race issue if he did not have to. But the South being the South, and if you ever lived in here, you know they stand ten toes down firmly on what they believe in and did not want to budge. And next thing you know, we have a war. And, okay, so from this war, 
Now you get this people who have been denied their basic human rights freed. They've been tortured, they've been beaten, they've been downtrodden, they've been told that they are less than, they've been given a religion, and with even in that religion there was a slave Bible, and in that slave Bible they took out most rebellion thing. All they wanted this, this group of people to be as a servant. They did not give them any financial education, they did not teach them self-love, they did not have them like no traditions, they stripped them of everything that they can, and now they let them free. There were some good plans to be put in position, right? 40 acres and a mule. Smart. Or not even smart. But let's say that. they 40 acres and a mule. They got denied that. There was a bank system set up. That bank system was only allowed to run for a couple years. I cannot think of what it was called for a second. Again, go look it up. But you could go look, right? They get that. The South is pissed still. They deny that. The North doesn't care. So there was no... Like, black conditions weren't necessarily the same as the South, but they still weren't good. I think the, what, it, what ends up happening in the North is more or less leads to what we see even today, which is microaggressive behavior. So even if you can't be an outlandish racist, which shout out to your boy Trump, because that's what he kind of started breaking. He gave people another voice again, so they started becoming speaking. But that's for the future. So... You got the North that's still prejudiced, if anything, right? You don't want to call them racist, they were for sure prejudiced. You got the South and these free people and who lack basic education, right? They lack no financial literacy, no, no, no real true understanding of the laws that are around them, and they're set free. But they're also set free with the same people that have kept them captive for years. Right? Why do I bring this up? Because one thing about the way that America teaches history is that we have no history that they want to tell us about from the beginning. Then they bring us over here as prisoners of war, slaves, right? And then there, there's a mixed bag of feelings because if you go listen, they'll make it seem like some of us wanted to be in that position. Okay, then somehow they get morally suaded. Figure it's not right, and they helped set us free, which they did, I mean, to an extent. Then, there's that period in between, right, which is the Jim Crow era, but they don't really, if you notice, people don't go into depth of what's going on in there, and then you get the civil rights. So the Jim Crow era comes about, because they're still pissed. The South, like I said, if you really look at it, and I, I can't remember if I said this on Bulls or not, but the South didn't fucking lose the war. They didn't lose the war. They technically just lost battles. For the, look at how history books portray the South. Look at how the South is represented. Look at how some of the same progressions that we made as a culture have been getting repealed. The South didn't really lose like that. All they did was just change their tactics. And they... <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. So you get the Jim Crow South within this. Now you have a group of people who have to survive and thrive on one of them own. And like they state, we do build systems. We do build connections. We start building these businesses and we're going. But we're still denied basic rights. We're still getting lynched. Bro, the amount of lynchings that happened in the Jim Crow era are, you'd have to go look it up because I forget. It's, it's some random bad number. And then now you get stuff that to show like what happens is, like I said, Black Wall Street is becoming popular. I'm proud of that. Uh, fortunately, like I said, I got to know about that a little bit earlier, but that's neither here nor there. We have these group of people that are doing something for them. 
for themselves. They're making it. They're thriving as a community. What happens to that? Something like a tactic that's been used constantly is blaming some kind of black male or some black person for whistling at a white lady or trying to do something technically that was against the times, right? That would be seen almost as innocent now. But they did that, took it amongst themselves, destroyed this city, destroyed this area, destroyed this community, right? The body count, nobody actually knows the exact number. They'll give you some estimation, but they don't know. They don't know for sure. You can actually catch a documentary on YouTube, forgot what it's called, just type in Black Wall Street. Because they had some of the survivors speak on it. And you'll hear white families talk about how they had artifacts from the houses that they pillaged. Like the children of some of the people that did this. Right? These are the things that we have to go through. But look at what we're saying. So again, I bring that up just to talk again, talk about the whole crab in the barrel thing. Because if I'm going to talk to my people, man, I got to say, like, let's keep it a buck fifty. Like that whole crab. Let's ask, let me ask you this. And somebody dropped this on me. It was my boy, man, Lamarcus, boy. He, he put this on me because I said, man, there's no way that we're, we're really not crab in the barrel. I hate that saying. He said, but one thing about it is, why are we even using that expression? Because crab's natural habitat is not in a barrel. So, of course, they're going to do things that are unnatural. If you were to see them in their natural habitat, they don't pull one another down. They move sideways and get about their business. They may fight and stuff like that, but that's when everything. So, when you look at it, look at what society has done to this. They took us out of our natural habitat and then gave us some, uh, like, literally took it from every existence of the word and then set us free, right? Like I said, but we still are not in our natural. And they make sure that it's not our natural habitat. Man. So then we fast forward. We get the civil rights, right? And now we get the fighting. We sick of it. You got two opposing forces fighting for it. They're not even opposing, man. It was two complementary forces fighting for the same cause, but they went about it in a different way. You had, I want to say the Nation of Islam was pushing that hard line. Even Marcus Garvey was militating this thing, pushing that hard line about being black and being for self. Right, that we need to be strong with on our like be self-sufficient then you kind of have like mlk you have i don't know if the rainbow coalition was existing i can't really remember you have them going and they pushing the non-violence let's all be all like i said two uh, like we needed both of those to keep moving forward but what's the one that society likes to push back upon us is to turn yourself nonviolent. Because even with the Black Panthers, if you look at how they did it, the Black Panthers, I hate when people say that they were a racist group. How? When they, like, if you go back and you go listen to Fred Hampton, who they assassinated in his own home, right, in his sleep, if you go back and listen, he'll say, white power to the white power, black power to the black, red to the red, yellow to the yellow. Like, one, one misconception that, like, we get faced with on a day-to-day black... If I say that I, you know what I'm saying, love for my people, there's always an opposition. We said Black Lives Matter, they instantly said All Lives Matter. And then after that, they said Blue Lives Matter. Blue, police is not a race. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not an ethnic group. You put on a, like, technically, I could buy a, somebody's, I could probably buy a real badge, and I could get it engraved to have whatever said on it, and I could buy a real black police uniform and a thing. You're not going to, you could try to buy black skin. It's not going to be what it is, though. You know what I mean? We're talking about genetics and stuff like that. But whenever we do something, we, we find opposition for some reason. Being proud to be black has nothing to do with you being having to make you feel bad about you being white. That's more or less your problem, but you guys make it our problem. And then with the whole thing with integration, assimilation, and all that, a lot of that killed black culture. And I bring it up to say this. 
Because if you look at the number of black colleges that went down, they went down the hill. If you look at the number of black businesses, they went down the drain. If you look at the number of black communities, they went down the drain, right? And as black people wanted to fight for equality, and that's where we kind of messed up at, but you got to learn through these processes. We fought for equality over equity, right? We fought for equality over a right to just have the same opportunities. Because equality, oh, you want to be treated the same. That's, that's really what we was fighting for. When within that, what we started doing was we made this umbrella group, right? So when we say we were the minority, if you look at it from depending on, like, so if we take the word minority and how they use it in America, we are maybe the minority in this society, but technically that same minority, if you collected everybody, that collection of minorities makes the majority. And think about it, we break down the percentages, right? But... So we started fighting for this minority cause thing. And within fighting for the minority cause, we started to dilute our situation more and more. Because anytime there's an advancement for minorities, if you take present day, what ends up happening is we don't really get a good piece of that pot. They say that we fund like a bank and say, nah, we're not racist because we do fund, uh, we fund minorities. See, because we all fit up under that umbrella, but they don't tell you who to deny. So black people are constantly going for loans and get denied. If I'm not mistaken, again, it's not till the 70s that the black dollar's value, that's really when they started advertising to, uh, advertising to us. If I'm not mistaken, it's in the 70s when we started being able to buy cars. It's around that area, right? It's around the 70s. Uh, we, I mean, I think we were always been able to start it by a home, but if you ever heard of redlining, which is how they started saying that blacks can't buy certain neighborhoods and stuff like that. Then you take the development of suburbs. That was a getaway from black people. And then the cause of that is that if you see modern day, if you look at what gentrifying, and gentrifying is a two-way street. So I, and I want to say that to say this. Like, black people, bro, stop selling your homes. I don't give a fuck what they offer you. There's a reason. There's only so much land. And if they see the value in it, why don't we? The difference between, and this is not, I got this from going to California, started going this tangent. The difference between a white uh, uh, or a million dollar home and a two million dollar home and a three million dollar home was the way that the neighborhood was built mainly. How the upkeeping of the housing. Do not go expecting them to value your house if you don't value your house. How do you show value in your house? Make sure your neighborhood and your house is maintained. Take care of our, like, we're, sometimes that's a, that's the odd thing about our community, man. And again, not to go off on this tangent like that. We don't trust the government. We don't trust police. We don't trust them. But yet we want them to protect us in certain situations. Yet we want them to see value when we don't show them that there's a value. We need the value at first before we go in it. But I digress. So, we have all these different things that are going on after, like I said, this is now kind of like the post-Jim Crow area where you start kind of getting into modern-day times. But they don't, all they care about is profit, right? Within us trying to integrate and assimilate, we lose so much of the culture that we already invested in. Okay, we're proud to be black. Well, how do we show it? By giving up this, like we start giving up our communities. It's odd that we sell no, we don't even sell it. It's okay like this. How is it that black people are the only people really kind of with black people here? Somebody, and, and let me say this. Let me, because I like, because this is a good point to kind of go off to, right? Let me not say that. We'll say black and people of African, Afro, whatever descent, right? Because you got your African or Afro Latinos, whatever they want to call themselves, which, you know, spread 
you know, fight things and you got Africans and stuff like that. Again, I want to say this. As black people, when we, I feel like, and this is, this is me speaking, speaking per, uh, just for myself. When we talk about other, stop labeling them as black. Because black is an American construct. The one thing that we like, right, that let's say Africans don't, so calling an African is black, will be kind of different. Because they still got their tradition that they can hold on to. Our traditions, our culture, we're making up as we go. We just need to get solidified in something, hold on to it, and say this is that. We need to dead most of the stuff that's stereotypical that's not really for us. Or even if it is, like I said, because don't get me wrong, I like soul food, but to an extent, I'm not just going to sit out there and eat it because we know that it's not sustaining life. What it's doing is causing all these different problems within our bodies that we need to get rid of. So we need to decolonize our mind and our diets. But again... Stop calling some of these people black because that's that's what they call us. Like that's an American construct that doesn't that doesn't relate to all of them. That's why we kind of get these opposing forces. But what we do need to do is unite on the similarities and say because what happens to these people that are Jamaican or from Caribbean descent, the Afro Latinos and the Africans when they come here, what's going to happen is they're going to get labeled as black mistakenly. And then, like, their kids are going to be different than them. And then, like, that's, they could be kind of considered black because, for the simple fact, they're going to grow up and they'll grow up around both in the culture. Um, but again, I digress. So we have our hair, but yeah, we don't manufacture it, right? And most of the salons, nails, or whoever's selling us the products don't look like us no more. We had this, but we sold it. We sell out. Again, we're juiced to go to, which I did. I'm not going to lie. Like, you know what I'm saying? I went to a four-year institution. That you could say the white institution instead of going to HBCU. But I also didn't know too much about HBCU. And again, I didn't plan to go to college. It's going to happen. All right. How many black grocery stores do you see? Let alone grocery stores because there's still black communities without grocery stores. Okay. What else? What other products can I think about? You name it. And it's for us. We don't. We don't even own. We don't really own too many major record labels. Like really own it from, or the distribution company, the marketing company, the what. But we get promoted to. Everybody sells to us. Like I said, it's funny that like just go back and look. We, for some reason, we do not want to hold on to anything. But yet we get mad about if they don't represent us enough. Why should they? Our dollars free, <laughs> like our votes are free. No, the Democratic Party pretty much has our vote. There are a group of Black Republicans, and they came out strong for Trump when he was running. And what we do, we did the same thing like we was doing, like with Crips and Bloods, where we can't get along. If neither one of them is really representing us the way that we should be represented, because again, we get the short end of this stick, because all they're going to do is say that they're doing something for a minority group, and because we're umbrellaed with that, it makes them okay to keep just stepping over us. So, we need to use our vote for power, bro. Somebody not, uh, somebody not representing us, we just need to sit there and hold the vote. Right, or not hold the vote, but we vote for the candidate that seems like they're gonna most likely ride for the cause. If they don't, we're gonna make them feel it on the next election, or we're gonna make the the local elections feel it. And that's how we gotta start using that vote. So if you think that voting doesn't make sense or it doesn't do nothing, well of course it doesn't do nothing because nobody has to respect our vote. They don't even have to really campaign to us. They can keep giving us empty promises and yet they keep giving everybody else something. Alright. So, 
hopefully, like I said, to summarize and what I was trying to get out with this. So, we have a group of people, meaning black people, who, again, we, okay, fuck all that. We have a group of people who've been robbed of their tradition, uh, were denied access to education, were denied access to human rights, were denied the ability to, to live freely, denied any kind of thing that made them human. They were set free. Next, you know what they're set free, and then they were told to fend for themselves. Within fending for themselves, the all they did was the same conditions that were already put on them were just transformed and then were made common law. They were getting killed. They were getting mangled, beaten, downtrodden. And for years, they made that seem okay, but they made it seem like it was due to their lack of intelligence, even though the minute that they set them free, if you notice, the rise of institutions went up. The rise that we started becoming more literate. But they want to deny that fact. So it's our condition based on us because they set us free. But they didn't give us anything else. Now, we start to develop these things. But then what happens is, in the fight for really what we wanted was uh, equity with our equality, we just settled for, hopefully, I think, uh, like, like integration and assimilation. And then that started to slowly kill the same thing. And then not only did we do that, we started fighting for everybody's cause. When everybody's not fighting for our cause, I don't get how we don't see that. To the point where, like I said, if I say I'm pro-black, somebody's going to say, or if I start speaking on the thing, they're going to try to make it seem as if I'm racist, which I can't be racist because I don't hold, I don't hold any power to deny anybody any kind of thing, right? So you have that. And we look at modern day and we wonder why, why, why do we have these problems? And it all stems back for the simple fact, lack of unity, lack of financial literacy, which already, and I'm not, and I'm not knocking it because they're starting to change. But unison and a, and a culture to hold on to, we don't have the same enclaves that other groups had. Cubans came over and set up shop in Florida. They put that foot down to where, bro, you got it like they like little, what is it, little Havana or little something where, bro, you better speak, you better speak Spanish. I just came from San Jose a couple weeks ago. There's Little Saigon, Little or Japantown, Little something, right? They got it sewed up. Nobody says nothing. There's Chinatowns across America. There's nothing. But there's not a little whatever we could call it. We don't have to always go back to Africa, but we do need to network with them. We need to have a little Ethiopia, wherever city, little Nigeria, a little Ghana, a little Kenya, a little... If they want to do Egypt, you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever we got to do. But we got to start setting up those little towns. We got to have something to unify on and stuff like that. But we need to come to as a collective. Right now, what's our main problem? Like, we're... Oh, my God. There's something else that happens. Like, I touched on this, I think, in the... I forgot the one where I spoke on, like, you know, black, black men and black women's relationship. There's so many things that have separated us. And I get it. And I, you have the right to do... You have the right to be who you are in my eyes right now, because that's not our biggest problem. So, okay, but the women's movement, I had spoke on that, right? So, black women wanted to fight for women's issues. Your biggest issue isn't because you're not, like, just because you're a woman, though. It's because you're a black woman. Black women, if I'm not mistaken, still hold one of the highest ranks of being the highly educated. And also have least likely to get married, higher divorce rates, uh... Lower potential mates, all the different stuff. Healthcare problems, all the stuff. There's doctors that came on whites and said that they treat black women different medically. 
So what's the issue with your blackness? LGBTQ. Again, love who you want to love. I have no problem because you know what? Hey, bro, I got a bigger problem. I'm just trying to get my people against this hump. I'm trying to get my people to the next level. They practice racism in the LGBTQ community. They practice colorism in it. They practice everything because they do the same thing that we do. They just don't. They are just not heterosexual. So what's again, what's the person's biggest problem going to be? Because you're black. All right. What's another group? It is sucked to be disabled in black. You know what I'm saying? Like, so a lot of stuff that I'm trying to get to is that we need to come together and push the issue. Because we only know our struggle. We only know our plight. We can only speak for ourselves. Okay, it's cool. We support, like I said, just because I'm pro-black doesn't mean I don't like Asians. I rock with the Asian community. Man, I grew up like the Latin, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all the Latino, I feel for y'all cause. Like I said, I see the similarities in our community so much. But at the end of the day, who's fighting for our struggle? Like, we got to be the forefront of it. We're going to get positions. Like, and, and I could be wrong on this, but this is something that's kind of strange. It's how the minute that we said Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, they said stop the Asian hate, man. We're going to stop the white hate. Because I ain't really seen that campaign strong. Stop the police hate or stop the Blue Lives hate. I ain't seen that campaign super strong. So why is that, though? But the minute that we say something, bro, it's going to be opposition. So where I'll leave this one at, because like I said, you know, I don't never like to really go too long these days. It's only me speaking. My message to, again, my people, we got to unite. We got to come together. And we got to start setting up locally. Like, the national game is going to happen, but we have to have strong communities. We have to be nations within our nations. Let's get it there. Let's let's unite as much as you can. Let's let like I said, if it's on some banging shit, that eye for eye shit ain't gonna get us nowhere because at the end of the day, my I mean I can't get nobody to go on wax and be like, hey, they killed somebody, right? But my question to those who may have done it or just ask them this question. Okay, they knocked down somebody else who knocked down their partner. Do they really feel whole after that? Does it does it does the issue is the issue really is it solved? No. So, as, like, bro, we don't have to get this together. Like, let 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 the funk stop, whatever it is. My Republicans, my Democrats, bro, we don't have to stop this beef. Like, we don't have to agree on everything. Let's come together, though, for a main cause. Push that issue on both sides if we have to and go for them. Or try to create a third party. Do something. But we need to leverage our vote. The denominations that's out there, that religion stuff, again, mean, your biggest people issue ain't the guy that they believe in. It's the skin color that they carry. We got to end it. Because this came from, like, this conversation came from me really speaking to people who weren't black. And this and this is what I'm saying, too. This this conversation actually came to me speaking to Africans. Because to all my white people out there, and I had it confirmed from them. When people that look black come over into this culture and people who are non-black, period, come over into this culture, immigration or whoever, before they come over, they tell these people not to, 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 to socialize with us because we are deviant people. We are people that like to indulge in, like I said, violence, drugs, and all that, let's say, fuckery, right? They tell them not to mess with us. So they already come over here with this connotation that they should not be dealing with us. So why would they mess with us on our cause? But if you are here and you listening, and this goes for all of my people. I, I, I said, I, you know, I'm a reader, man. I'm an avid reader. So some books that I would recommend. Message to the Black Man. PTSD, Post Traumatic Slave Syndrome by uh, Joy DeGruy. Paranomics by Clyde Anderson. 
And there's, man, there's something else that I want. But we say them three books, man. There's a, there's a few books that you can read. Um, Read the autobiographies of Huey P. Newton Malcolm X. If you guys don't want to deal with us directly, take it amongst yourself to read a book written by us. But also, take the time to really listen. And that's the same thing with black people too, bro. Stop like, we ain't, we ain't got to succumb to like the stereotypes that's out there. Be the change that y'all want to see, man. I'm going to end it right here, man. This has been OTR Off The Rip. Uh, again, like, follow, subscribe, share, campaign with this game. Like I said, right now I've been focusing on studying. I'll let y'all know what I'm studying for once I pass, bro. But until I pass, I ain't got nothing to speak on because I'm just trying to get through this exam. Um, as always, love y'all. Thank y'all for listening.